Street. By changing the unmarked cars into clearly marked cars, he was giving the public the erroneous impression that there were more cops patrolling the streets. Meantime, detectives trying to do their job drove around like targets. They got to Grand Street by 2.45. As Bosch pulled up to stop, he saw an unusually large number of police-related vehicles parked along the curb at California Plaza. He noted the crime scene and the coroner's vans, several patrol cars and several more detective sedans, not the slickbacks, but the unmarked cars still used by the RHD bulls. Edgar Ryder walked up to his car as he got out with his briefcase. Edgar, the tallest, held up the yellow crime scene tape, and they crossed under, gave their names and badge numbers to a uniform officer with the crime scene attendance list, and then walked across California Plaza. The plaza was the centerpiece of Bunker Hill, a stone courtyard formed by the conjoining of two marble office towers, a high-rise apartment building, and the Museum of Modern Art. There was a huge fountain, a reflecting pool at the center, though the pumps and lights were off at this hour, leaving the water still and black. Past the fountain was the Beau Arch Revival-style station and a wheelhouse at the top of Angel's Flight. It was next to this small structure that most of the investigators and patrol officers milled about as if waiting for something. Bosch looked for the gleaming, shaven skull that belonged to Deputy Chief Irving but didn't see it. He and his partners stepped into the crowd and moved towards the lone rail car setting at the top of the tracks. Along the way, he recognized many faces of robbery homicide detectives. They were men he had worked with years earlier when he had been part of the elite squad. A few of them nodded to him or called him by name. Boss saw Francis Sheehan, his former partner, standing off by himself smoking a cigarette. Bosch broke from his partners and stepped over. Frankie, he said. What's going on? Harry, what are you doing here? We got called out. Irving called us out. Oh, shit. Sorry, partner. I wouldn't miss this one on my enemy. Why? What's going on? You better talk to the man first. He's putting a big blanket on this one. Bosch rejoined Edgar and Ryder, who were standing near the rail car. Edgar nodded slightly to Bosch's left. Hey, Harry, you see that? He said in a low voice. That's Chastain and that bunch over there. What are those pricks doing here? Bosch turned and saw the grouping of men from internal affairs. I got no idea, he said. With Edgar and Ryder behind him in single file, Bosch worked his way to the rail car. Portable lights had been set up inside and the car was lit up like somebody's living room. Bosch stepped to the rear of the car and looked through the open door. Technicians were at work around two bodies. A woman was sprawled on one of the step seats about midway through the car. She was wearing gray leggings and a white thigh-length T-shirt. A large flower of blood had blossomed on her chest where she had been hit dead center with a single bullet. Her head was snapped back against the sill of the window behind her seat. On the steps near the rear door to the car was the face-down body of a black man 
wearing a dark gray suit. From his viewpoint, Bosch could not see the man's face, and only one wound that was visible, a through-and-through -through gunshot wound at the center of the victim's right hand. Bosch knew it was what would later be called a defensive wound in the autopsy report. The man had held his hand up in a futile attempt to ward off the gunfire. Though the techs were stepping in and out of his line of sight, Bosch could look straight down through the inclined train car and down the track to Hill Street about 300 feet below. A duplicate train car was down there at the bottom of the hill, and Bosch could see more detectives milling about by the turnstiles and the closed doors of the Grand Central Market across the street. The two matching cars were counterbalanced. When one went up the side-by-side -side tracks, the other went down, and vice versa. They passed each other at midpoint. Finally, Detective Bosch. Bosch turned around. Deputy Chief Irving stood in the open door of the little station house. All of you, he said, signaling Bosch and his team inside. They entered a cramped room dominated by the large old cable wheels that once moved the train cars up and down the incline. Bosch remembered reading that when Angel's flight was rehabilitated a few years earlier after a quarter century of disuse, the cables and wheels had been replaced with an electric system monitored by computer. Standing against the far wall in the shadow behind the old iron wheels, his arms folded and his craggy, sun-reddened face looking down at the floor, was a man Bosch recognized. Bosch had once worked for Captain John Garwood, commander of the Robbery Homicide Division. All right, then, Irving said. 